Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. Another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast coming at you. Breaking down districts one and two each and every week here on idahosports.com. Brandon Bainey with Ryan Skaggs. We're back to the North Idaho PrepCast proper. Last week, we took a week off and did our big girls state basketball preview. And so you got the week off, Ryan. How'd you I did. It? uh working (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately my real job yeah (laughs) yeah no vacations this time of year and you know for anybody who thinks we just show up and just go off the cuff to talk about the topics we do each week ryan go ahead and show all of the prep you did for today's north idaho prep cast we got like three pages worth of notes. i'm going the wrong direction on my camera (laughs) yeah three pages worth of notes and uh yeah, I take things pretty seriously. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and that's why uh, our listeners and and fans of the show love it because you are so insightful and you know you know a lot of times uh, people will talk about just the big schools, right? Just the Coeur d'Alene Post Falls, um, but you you dive all the way in. You know you can break down Priest River, Lapway, any of those just as easily as you could like Lake City or like a Lake Lund which we yeah. really appreciate. So no, I appreciate that. And being recognized, it's uh, it's fun. I, I enjoy following sports. It's kind of like my, my release outside of hunting season and everything else. I get a chance to um, yeah, dive in and, and keep a follow on high school sports. It's been a ton of fun for starting with football, now basketball and wrestling. Um, yeah. Just kind of a jock at heart. So yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, jock at heart. I'm jotting that down. That's the episode. Oh, we're like, we're eastbound and down in this episode. We got a long way to go in a short time to get there. So I know. Right. Okay. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about, I wanted to talk about how much uh, the fans enjoy it because I'm sure the fans are going to be upset with us as well, because you and I, for whatever reason, we are the kiss of death when it comes to the teams up North. We talk about how great they are and we go out on that limb and say, Hey, they're going to bring home a championship and Sandpoint girls soccer. Coeur d'Alene football. I mean, time and again, we have just we oh. burned. I mean, we're we're the kiss of death with some of these teams, and it happened. Point football. I mean, yeah, they got the championship game, but we were pretty heavy on them winning it all. And <laughs> I feel yeah. bad for some of these schools. So if we pick you, we're sorry. Maybe we should go against the grain and start picking all the Southern Idaho schools. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, at least just to tilt things back in in balance. And so this happened at Girls State Basketball this past week. A lot of teams from the North that we thought would go down and do well ended up getting tripped up, which can happen at State sometimes. Sure. However, we wanted to start with the 1A D1 classification because we had an all-North final. Yeah, Prairie. that was an awesome that was an awesome tournament by both of those teams too and I know that you had the broadcast on that one and uh just got to say you did a phenomenal job especially flying solo. He did a great job uh taking the reins doing that. So, uh well done for you and kudos to you for doing that. But uh congratulations to Lapway Wildcats uh for winning that state championship and for Prairie ending up runner up. Um we knew it was going to probably come down to either one of them and they they did awesome. Both teams played phenomenal through the tournament. Yeah, so uh, every single game ended up being a blowout. I mean, across the board, there was not one close competitive game, which I think speaks to the dominance of the teams from the North Lapway. Won the championship over Prairie 63-37. to For Lapway, they went 3-0. They won every game by, you know, 20-plus points. Uh, I I had the task of selecting the all-tournament team for 1A-D1. 
chose the starting five for Lapoy and a couple from Prairie and been fine. <laughs> and called it a day, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did put the entire starting five for Lapoy on my team somewhere. Uh, the tournament MVP, I went with Jordan McCormick Marks, the great sophomore point guard from Lapoy. She averaged 13.3 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game, 2.7 assists per game. She was the leading scorer in two of the three wins for Lapway. And then my defensive MVP went to Grace Sabota from Lapway. Uh, she was awesome. You know, nearly five steals per game, a block per game, lockdown defense. I've gotten some emails for, from some Lapway fans <laughs> saying, how could you not pick Grace Sabota for your tournament MVP? And the answer is really her defensive play, I thought was more important than what she brought to the yeah. table offensively, because with Lapway, you know, one through 10 are capable of scoring. In double Getting digits from Lapway fans, that never happens. <laughs> well, <laughs> I had the Lapway boys last year in the 1AD1, and I chose K, uh, Case Why Not as the tournament MVP. And you would have thought I kicked their dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they, they're very passionate about um, all of their players, and so. Yes. I've, I've gotten a lot of fan base. I've gotten some feedback from from some people that thought Grace Sabota should have been the overall MVP. But my argument is is what she brought to the defensive side of the ball was more important than what she did offensively. Uh, she she scored one more point than Jordan McCormick Marks over the course of the tournament. Uh, had more assists than than Jordan McCormick Marks, but McCormick Marks out rebounded her. So I thought you know it was pretty even across the board. They're yeah. really co MVPs no matter how you slice it up. So yeah, no, and both both gals played a phenomenal tournament, and then you could throw in. Lauren Gould and Saquis Green and you know Samara Smith. I mean, that whole lineup was just absolutely a bear through the entire tournament. So, you know, congratulations to them and and they played awesome. And you know, Lauren Gould, I think, is kind of one of those players. I look at I look at her kind of equivalent to the boys team, like a cross Taylor, like somebody that can like take over a game if you let them, but they don't necessarily have to. Um, and uh, you know, so like that, that girls team was just absolutely awesome down the stretch. And it, it took, you know, getting woke up by Prairie early in the year um, and a post falls, you know, team in that, that Avista tournament. And after that, you know, Lapway went on, on an absolute streak through the rest of the season and, um, you know, ended up bringing home the, the hardware for the state championship, but, and, and no, no slouch to Prairie. I mean, good grief. They had have a great team and they've got some, some studs coming back next year too, between Schlater and, and Wemhoff. So, the Pirates are going to be right back in the mix next year, as will Lapway. Yeah, and I mean, Jordan McCormick Marks, only a sophomore, yep. uh, the, the the daughter of head coach Ada Marks. Uh, so, yeah, so Lauren Gould made my first team. I had Sakias Green on the second team, and then Samara Smith was an honorable mention. And for Prairie, I ended up with Tara Schlater and Kristen Wemhoff on my first team. I had Josie Ray Mackle on the second team, and I gave the sixth man award to Allie Raider because she came off the bench for Prairie in all three games and scored in nearly double digits every single time. She averaged 8.7 points per game off the bench for Prairie, which I thought was humongous, especially in that big semifinal win over Butte County. And, and head coach Lori Mater, you know, after state, uh, they talk to the second place coach and they get to talk on the microphone and then the championship winning coach gets to talk on the microphone. Yeah. So, so Lori Mater kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, we went all in and got the upset over previously undefeated Butte County in the semifinals and, and just kind of ran out of gas in the championship. And I really did think that was the case. They were just spent uh, when, by the time they got to Lapway in that third game early Saturday morning. So, yeah. And that was an emotional victory in that, in that semifinal game over Butte County against another good team. Um, you know, so like Prairie showing up in, in the final game and, you know, having to play those early games for those championships, it does, 
play a little bit to the you know the who has the deeper bench i think in the title game you'll actually see more minutes coming off the bench um maybe a little bit more than usual in, in a state cha- state tournament game but um just see who can get their legs underneath of them quick enough and i lapway came out just absolutely guns blazing and uh you know was able to slam the door fairly early in the second half yeah. And one final note on Prairie, and then we'll move on to the other tournaments. Uh, Coach Mater got everybody laughing uh, in her postgame address as well. Uh, she basically said, uh, congrats again to Lapway. Um, could you guys please move up to 2A so we don't have to face you? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not far from being a 2A school either. The, the, the Valley continues to grow. Lapway's going to keep uh, keep reaping those benefits. So, you know, yeah, we, once. And they'd be competitive at two A, so we know what they can do with the other teams. We saw them against like Cole Valley and some of the other schools. So, yeah, definitely Lapway and Prairie both used to be two A once upon a time. And for uh, Prairie, nine state championships in school history, still second most in the state of Idaho. Lapway extends their state record best now with their eleventh girls basketball championship in school history, which is just simply remarkable okay the next biggest story to come out of the north in terms of girls basketball at state i think has to be the lake city girls they went down to the 5a tournament as the number one seed and and they got picked off in in the semifinals by boise in a game where i think they just they they got into an early hole and couldn't dig themselves out you know lake city i don't want to say they live and die by the three-pointer but they shoot you know from three with such proficiency, if they hit a cold streak, it's going to come back and bite them a little bit. And I think that's what happened in the first half uh, in that game. They just couldn't get their shots to fall. And, and Boise's pretty stingy on defense too. And I mean, let's not, let's not uh, fell the Braves for or the brave for, you know, being who they are. They're, they're a really solid program with a couple of great scores. Um, you know, Lake city battled back in the second half, but just couldn't, couldn't surmount kind of that early hole. And, that's that was their demise in that one. Yeah, they fell to Boise 45-25 uh and then rebounded to win the third place game over Rigby 59 to 46. So coming yeah. home with the third place prize, that's not bad for a very young Lake City team just one yeah. senior. Just one senior. And and Kendall Pickford's a great player. I mean, she was first tournament. tournament. Oh, Sorry, what was that? <laughs> no, that's all right. I think your internet lagged for a second there, so I oh. thought you were done talking. <laughs> and then, uh, and then yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It was like cut out for a second. I was like, oh, um, yeah, Kendall Pickford's a great player and uh, had an awesome tournament. And, you know, Sophia Zufelt is another great guard. We've got Avery Waddington, um, Cameron Pickford still around. They're going to be back. The, the T-Wolves will be back next year. Um, you know, and I think that that conference is just going to be brutal once again next year. You look at what Coeur d'Alene returns. You look at what Post Falls returns. You know, Lewiston's getting young, better too. They've got some some youth in their lineup, you know, on the bench too. So, um, that the IEL is going to be absolutely a just meat grinder next year. So, uh, you know, kind the T Wolves. I think I wouldn't have pegged them to be the state champ week one. Um, I think they kind of I looked at more at Coeur d'Alene as kind of being the the favor to to come out and play be play for a state title, and they just kept getting better year week in and week out throughout the season. And, uh, you know, obviously they had a few few slip-ups to Coeur d'Alene, but ended up getting the important victory in, in the, uh, you know, district championship and found their way with the auto bid on the one seed. So, you know, congrats to, to Timberline. That's a great team, too. Like, let's not, let's not be mistaken. That team is absolutely solid. That championship game was awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lake City, I think, will be back in the mix next year for sure. 
Definitely. As will post falls. You mentioned it post falls got to the consolation final where they felt the thunder Ridge in a really close game, 63 to 58. So if you're coach Mark Allert and, and post falls, you got to feel pretty good about what they were able to accomplish this year as well. The awards on the all tournament team for five, a Cameron Pickford was the sixth man of the tournament. I guess it's the sixth woman, but uh, she averaged 10 points per game off the bench for Lake city. She, she started the last game, but came off the bench for the first two um, Kendall Pickford made the first team and also Sophia Zufelt was named on the honorable mention team. And for post falls, we saw Hannah Christensen make the second team, uh, in terms of all tournament accolades. So yeah, which was, was awesome for her because I mean, a lot during the regular season, she was kind of a role player and she was able to, to take over a little bit in a couple of games, um, for the Trojans in the tournament. And obviously we know about Lexi Heath and, and Capri Sims and Trinity Nichols, but um, for Hannah to to have the tournament she did, congratulations to her and the, and the Trojans team to make it to the Constellation, um, you know, finals after losing one of their players. I think was was pretty pretty big for them. For I think it was Marcus Crane was the one that got hurt in the in the first round game. So, yeah, yeah, pretty awesome there. Uh, the other number one seed from the North uh, that didn't end up making it to the championship was Grangeville at the two. Yeah. Uh, Grangeville, very surprisingly, I thought fell to Aberdeen in the semifinals. Um, and then just like Lake city rebounded to, to win the third place game pretty easily over Melba, I thought, but yeah, uh, for Grangeville. Yeah. Just, but that's all it takes is, is one kind of off night at state and your dreams go away. Yeah. You end up bringing home a, a green trophy instead of the blue one. <laughs> so, and that, there's a big, big difference between the two, but uh, you're still bringing home hardware, but it's not the one you don't get the banner to hang in the gym either. Um, but yeah, Grangeville had a great season and, and, and hats off to Aberdeen. I mean, they just outplayed Grangeville down the stretch in that game. And uh, you know, but Camden Barger and, and Bailey Vanderwall making the first team, um, for the Bulldogs was was awesome, and they had a great tournament. Got a chance to listen to Paul calling those games, and um, he had a had a fun tournament down there. The two A ranks was was pretty exciting. So he had some good games where maybe you had had blowouts in yours. You know, for the most part, um, you know, two A's tends to have like the uh, the high drama, like you when you had them last year in the boys side. So um, yeah, no, there were some some great games throughout the tournament. And I we look at. You know, I think we can kind of close it out after we recap all the games, but the max preps rankings, I think for the most part, got a lot of the picks right. We second guessed it on the seeding line, but they really didn't come too short as far as the way the tournament was seeded, in my opinion. Yeah, in terms of getting the best teams to the semifinals, I, I thought it really did work out. There were a couple of glaring exceptions, you know, yes. Middleton and Burley having to play right away didn't didn't really jibe with me, but um, th there were a couple. But uh, overall, I agree for the most part. Uh, the, it, it avoided in years past where we had the state championship matchup in, in the first round or the semifinals. I think for the most part, you got the best matchups uh, in the championship round. So, yeah. And I, and, you know, to talk about, you know, kind of surprises through the tournament too. I think in the one AD two, uh, Deary getting third with Kendrick winning the consolation champ. That's the surprise yeah. to me of, of the entire, like, if you look at the whole weekend is the, is the small school tournament was just kind of Rockland. We kind of knew was going to be there, but that Deary taking third was crazy to me, winning that game against Kendrick in the first round. And then, you know, losing the next game to Rockland and then coming back and, and winning, uh, going away in the third place game was was awesome job by the Mustangs. So, you know, congrats to that team. And, and Kennedy Kirk had a great tournament. So did Araya Wood. 
Um, and then Kendrick rallying and win the consolation championship with Aaron Morgan making the first team. And then Drew Stacy is an honorable mention, um, you know, for the Tigers, a, a good season. Not obviously they, they would have been my pick in the championship game, but just the seeding, the way it turned out and the way the Mustangs showed up, you know, the right team gets hot at the right time. Well, and I think you can chalk that up too. It's really hard to beat the same team four times in one year, right? Kendrick swept the regular season series with theory, beat them in the district championship. And each time it was pretty close. Yeah. And then it's just, it's really hard to, to, to beat that same team. Well, Four times. Then you're looking at a week and a half almost between games, you know, the district championship game to where Deary got the, the luxury of playing that play-in game, going to a neutral site, heading to Coeur d'Alene, or to Post Falls and, and winning their game. Um, you know, so it was, you know, you look at that and it's like, all right, sweet. Like, you know, they got a chance to kind of break up that monotony of not playing and, and kind of keep that momentum going too. For sure. Uh, Kellogg was uh, representing the North in 3A, got the number seven seed. I thought they were a sneaky team. I thought, and, and I was totally wrong on this bracket all the way around. I thought I thought whoever won between Snake River and Kellogg was going to get to the championship. Well, Snake River beat Kellogg, and then they lost to Teton in the semifinals. So the, I got literally nothing right there. It was super funny, Ryan. We did that live preview show last week where we had fans commenting, and it was really yeah. It was really awesome. And we're breaking down that 3A bracket. You were getting I, lit up by the point guard's dad. <laughs> yeah, did you see that? That yeah. was hilarious. Riley Edlifson, the point guard from Snake River. She's only a sophomore. And uh, I picked Kellogg, and her dad came on with a comment. Oh, thanks for picking Kellogg. Riley heard every word of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll wear yeah. that one, Wildcats fans. I, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the kiss of death from the north, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so Kellogg goes two and out, which was pretty surprising to me. I thought at least they'd be able to battle uh, for, for a day three appearance, but it just wasn't in the cards. I think they just ran out of steam. Um, Haley Cheney made the second team for the all tournament team. Yeah. And then, and then Sandpoint, you know, going down for the four A's, you knew the deck was going to be uh, pretty stacked against them despite getting, you know, the number six seed. And, and that was surprising to me. You know, I think if we're being honest here and I look at the eight teams and I use my eyes, I, I would say Sandpoint probably was the eighth best team that was there. Um, yeah. But they, they got boosted up because of the max preps rankings because they played all of those 5A schools, yeah. uh, Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, Post Falls, Lewiston, that really uh, elevated them ahead of Middleton and Bishop Kelly. But I, I really did think Sandpoint coming in had the lowest probability in terms of, you know, coming away with a win. And they went two and out. Um, they lost to Preston and Middleton, no shame there. And Daly Driggs made the second team all tournament team for Sandpoint. So, yep. yeah. all right, that's the, uh, the wrap on girls basketball. What a fun season. There was a lot of good competition up there. Was. Yeah, it was, especially North Idaho. There were some great games and some great teams. And, you know, we look at kind of, I kind of look back and I'm like, man, what was the, the surprise team kind of showing up? Like Wallace was like, to me, kind of one that stands out that they showed up. I mean, I know they went to state and went two and out, but um, what an awesome season for them and for the minors. And, and Jaden House had a great season um, as a senior. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about our uh, girls all North Idaho team probably next week. I'll release that, um, but or the week after since we got Boys State next week. But um, yeah, there's a, uh, there, that that team's kind of fun to put together because I look at it because I can go district one and district two um, for this one. And so it's going to be a loaded lineup, but holy cow, it's like, you know, the who's who of uh, of basketball in North Idaho. So that'll be a fun one to put together. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally forgot about Wallace because we started talking about Prairie and Lapway. And you're right, Wallace went down first time they'd been to state since 2008. Uh, I got to talk to their coach, Nicole Farkas, quite a bit. In fact, I need to text her back. She texted me on Saturday, and I was just so busy with championship stuff, and I just forgot. So that's yeah. a good reminder, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, but they were so excited. They were the only school to bring a mascot down oh, cool. to 1AD1. The, the Wallace Miner was there, so that was really fun to see oh, as well. All right. Yeah. So uh, while we were over at State, Ryan, you were checking out district wrestling action last week up north. What did what did you see? Oh, boy. So uh, I was able to check out the four A's and the five A's, um, you know, post falls showing up and getting 20 to state was was huge for the Trojans. Obviously, they beat Coeur d'Alene in the season ending duel, which was a phenomenal duel mate. Uh, beat Coeur d'Alene by one in the duel uh, to close out the regular season. And then Sandpoint ended up getting their first district championship. Um, gosh, I think it was since 2009. Lakeland's kind of taken the reins over on that one. So, um, and don't quote me on that one. There may have been one that was snuck in there in that span, but, um, it's been a while since the, since the Bulldogs won a district title in wrestling and they qualified. Um, what is it? I was got to get rid of my basketball notes. <laughs> <laughs> they qualified 10 to state Lakeland got eight and Moscow got 10 as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you want to go, I can go through the lineups cause I got every classification broken down and my picks for placers even. Um, I know that you're doing a wrestling preview show tomorrow, but I'm not going to be able to join you on it. But um, there's some just I'll kind of throw out the nuggets of guys to watch because um, we've got a lot of no number one seeds or top four seeds in the state tournament um, from the north districts one and two. And uh, some guys that got a great shot at bringing home a lot of hardware. So um, I don't know. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yes. Yeah, start. Let's start with the five A's and work our so, way down. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go from five A down to two A. But five uh, A quarter lane's got sixteen guys that qualified. I look at them getting thirteen placers. Is is my guess um, for how many guys out of their lineup they'll have place? And I know that sounds hopeful. They got shot legit shot at four champions though. Um, they're going to need a lot of guys in the blood rounds to win, and they're and district one's going to have to help each other out. Quarter lane post falls. They're going to have to knock off some of the Meridian kids. Um, and so, you know, they're going to look, you know, and to be big fans of Lake City and Lewiston, too, and some of the weight classes that they're not favored in because, you know, some of those kids like Zach McDonald and Hoyt Haas from Lewiston, they have, you know, pretty solid Meridian kids in their bracket. Um, but if they can get some of the District 1 kids to knock those teams off, that, you know, Coeur d'Alene or Post Falls both have a legit shot. Um, Post Falls qualified 20 for state. Um, I'd look at them getting 12 placers out of their lineup. Um, but you know, you look between Coeur d'Alene, they could get legit championships from, uh, Christian Kelly, Bodie Alexander, uh, Porter Craig is ranked two. DeMarco Piazza is ranked two, which is actually the coolest name. I, I think in, in the entire tournament, DeMarco Piazza is a pretty awesome name. Um, Gunnar Julio is the number one seed. Ryland Rogers is the number one seed and Jackson Washington is the four seed, um, in their respective weight classes. So, you know, you could look at guys like Dylan Moffitt. Um, being sneaky out there, Dax Larson also could um, surprise some guys. Sebastian Prangley at 160 pounds also is a, another solid kid for the Vikings. So um, I'm looking at them, you know, quarterly post fall is definitely going to be in the top three. If they can get one, they're going to have to get some help from some other, some other teams to, to knock off some of those Meridian kids. But uh, post fall has got a one seed for Ryder Sigoin. Um Jose Laguna is the three seed. Gentry Smith is a three seed and Trevor Miller is a two seed. Um, I look at, they could possibly get four champs. 
They legit will have – I know they'll have four guys. I could. I don't want to say guarantee, but they'll have four guys in the semis uh, for sure on the championship side of the bracket between Sagan at uh, 98 pounds, Jose Laguna 170, 182 is Gentry Smith, and then 220 for Trevor Miller. Um, don't be surprised, though, Luke Martin at 220 and Austin Portner at 285 could sneak in and, and steal a few uh, – a few medals as well. Tyson Barnhart at 120 pounds, another kid to watch out for. Um, Zach McDonald from Lake City is my favorite at 106. He's the number one overall seed. Um, Hoyt Haas is the two seed from Lewiston. He's sneaky good. He I watched him at Tri-State beat a three-time state champion from Washington in his second-round match at Tri-State, <laughs> and it wasn't close. So um, he's, he's, he's a great wrestler, and he's a youngster. He's only a sophomore. Um, I actually know his parents. I went to high school with them, so uh, rooting for him. And then you've got Tristan Bremer, who's the one seed at 132. I look to him to win the state championship there. And then uh, Robert Storm, the 285-pounder. He's a junior from the Bengals. Um, he's the three seed. He's my dark horse. He's he's a pretty dang good wrestler. Him and Jackson Washington, if, they, if it goes chalk, could wrestle each other in the semifinal and be a rematch of the district championship. So um, there's a lot, a lot of meat there at, the, at 5A. Um, I looked to Lake City, maybe get six placers, and Lewiston probably is definitely going to get three. Um, Cole Lockhart could sneak in there and, and steal some hardware, as well as Jace Hendren, the youngster, at 113 pounds. What about the 4A uh, team, team wise? The, I don't think anybody's going to compete uh, for a team title, <laughs> maybe some individuals. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know as far as I don't know if anybody's going to crack the top five. Um, I look, Sandpoint might get six placers. Lakeland might get five, but they could get a championship from Devin Suko. He's the number one seed at 170 pounds. Um, had a great district tournament, great season um, for him as a senior. And then Moscow has a number one seed at 195 pounds. Isaiah Murphy um, is a kid to watch that he could have, if he gets on a roll, he could bring home a state championship to Moscow, which would be pretty awesome. I look at them getting three placers. Um, they could possibly sneak a few more here and there, but um, they qualified 10, but anything, you know, if they can bring home a championship for one guy, that's, I'd say that that's a huge season for the bears. For sure. And kind of a similar story at the three, a level as well. I don't think there's any big time players in terms of the team race, but yeah, I mean the, I think m the biggest ones to watch are going to be the individuals. So you've got like Wyatt high from uh, Kellogg at 113 pounds is the two seed. He could compete for the state championship. Um, you've got Eli Richards at 182 from Bonners Ferry. He's my favorite to win that bracket. Um, he's a solid, solid wrestler. I mean, we watched him at the North Idaho Rumble and he he was tearing it up. So um there's some some good some good wrestlers out there. Priest River will have a couple placers as well. Um, but nobody, I don't think either any of these four teams from the, the IML are gonna probably contend for the top five. But if it is, it's gonna be Kellogg. They could maybe get eight placers, which would be awesome for them. If they get eight guys in the top eight, it would be a huge season. So um, Definitely. The, the two ways are going to be the fun one. Like, that's, yeah, let's, let's dive into it. <laughs> so, you know, we don't talk a lot of two way wrestling and I don't it, probably in any of your prep casts, you're going to talk two way wrestling at all, but um, you know, I'm pretty excited. St. Mary's has got a freshman lineup, 120, 126 pounds between uh, Landon Tweedy, Cody Teft, which you can recognize that last name. And then uh, Jarrett uh, Brebner, the, all three of those guys could place um, at 2A, which would be awesome for the Lumberjacks. And then Kyle Seibert at 220 and Landon Warren, their 285-pounder. Um, 
looking to get some placers. So possibly five placers for the Lumberjacks. Orfino, uh, I think they're only going to get one. They've got three guys qualified. Sean Larson, I think, has the best chance of bringing home uh, a medal. Clearwater Valley is my dark horse in the 2A. Um, they could get as many as nine guys placing, which would be awesome. I, it, legit, I think they've got a chance between Parker Olson at 120. Uh, Kean Bowler, he's the number two seed at 126 pounds. You've got Jake Fabby at 132. Um, Daring Cross at 138. Anthony Fabby at 145 is a sneaky dark horse pick to maybe play, wrestle in the state championship match. Um, you've got... Um, Bass Myers at 182 and Renee Bitar Lopez. Both those guys are solid. Uh, Bass Myers is my, I'm going to pick him to win the state championship at 182. He's, he's solid. He's really good wrestler, very complete. Um, and he's got a great, great takedown game. Like if he gets on his feet, he's, he's pretty dang good. Um, and then Isaac Goodwin or at 195 pounds could place for Clearwater Valley. Uh, nobody I see placing from Grangeville. They qualified three. Potlatch is the cool one. They've got eight guys qualified. I think they've got seven placers out of eight guys. Um, and they legit have a crack at probably four state championships. Um, Coach Bringleson does a great job down there uh, with that program. And his kids wrestling 120 pounds. Uh, Magnus is a freshman. Uh, great little wrestler. And they're the it's funny is that we look at records and stuff like that and how you see them. Paulatch wrestles a ton of 5A schools. Like they go to all the big tournaments. They're not afraid to step away. They'll be at Raleigh Lane, they'll be at, you know, Tri-State. They'll go to all the big tournaments and they don't shy away from the challenge. So uh, they're they're battle tested. Eli Prather at, at 152 is solid. Isaac McNeil at 170, Tyson Tucker at 160, um Carson Year out 138. So they're uh, and Ben Johnson at 126. They're going to be pretty dang good and then Highland from Craigmont has one kid I think he'll place uh, TJ Fetters at 160 pounds. Um, Camille's got three qualified. Wallace has one lone qualifier. Chase Morden at 106. And then uh, obviously we can get into the girls, which I'm excited for that one for the inaugural girls tournament. It'd be pretty awesome this year. Yeah, I I think of uh, Alyssa Randall's from Coeur d'Alene. I think of yep. the Zimmerman uh, girls from Moscow. Uh, yep. Right away that could go there and, and really shout. And Haley McNeil from Potlatch. Could yeah. place in the top three too at state. I I see her place in there, um, but yeah, Alyssa Randall's is my favorite for the championship at 126. Uh, Bonners Ferry has Savannah Richter. She's the number one seed at 160. I think she'll bring home the championship for sure. Um, Cadence Beck from Highland could place at 113 pounds. She's in a tough weight class though with Skylar Zimmerman um, from Moscow. Then you've got Kira Zimmerman who is uh, 106 pounds. Uh, Post Falls has a couple wrestlers, Abby Piper and, and Megan Webster. Lakeland has Annika Thompson at 160. Lewiston has a couple gals, uh, Jolie Slider and Cassidy Raider. And Sandpoint has Riley Hancock at 132. So um, some big breakdown of wrestling here in North Idaho. It's going to be, like I said, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there, but it's going to be a, an exciting weekend uh, down in Holt Arena. Yeah, for sure. And again, you mentioned it, Ryan, at the beginning. Uh, we are going to be doing a live state wrestling preview, just like we did for girls basketball. I'm going to be joined by Brian Zollinger, who is a, you know, wrestling fans know the name. He lives He's a in good Idaho. guy. 
I've, yeah, I've met him yeah, a few times. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. And we're going to be taking your questions, your comments, your shout outs live. That is going to be uh, Wednesday night at seven o'clock. It was originally going to be Thursday, but I decided to put it back to Wednesday. So if people couldn't be there live, they had all day Thursday to, to listen to it ahead Sweet. of Friday's competition beginning at Holt Arena in Pocatello. So yeah, bright uh, and early. <laughs> yeah, right. Wednesday night, seven o'clock mountain, six o'clock Pacific time. Do not miss it. Uh, we we want to get as many fans as, as possible on there, asking questions, uh, giving shout outs, all that good stuff. So, uh, okay, Ryan, let's real quickly tackle what's going on in boys basketball. We are into districts. This will be your final North Idaho nine of the season because next week it'll be it'll be time for state again. Yep. So here is your North Idaho nine for the week, and I figured we would just start with the team at the top and and kind of look at their district bracket and how they're doing. Does that sound all right? Yeah, sounds great. Okay. So number one, obviously, we've got the uh, Lapway Wildcats, which, you know, we all kind of know at this point who they are. I've been arguing on Twitter that they're the best team in the state of Idaho, and some some people have been firing back, especially down in southern Idaho, because I don't think that they get a lot of um, notoriety, but this Wildcat team is is different. They are something special. Um, you know, they're going to be playing Kamii for the, the district championship. Uh, I believe that game is on Friday night at Lewiston High School, so – um, I don't see it being close. Sorry, Cami. <laughs> but <laughs> they play well for about a quarter and a half, but then they just run out of gas. And uh, the way Lapway runs the floor. And the thing is, like, we talk about their offense. They might be better on the defensive side of the ball, as good as their offense is. Their defense is absolutely suffocating. Um, and then they just get out and run and transition. But not only do they, like, you know, dunk i mean they dunk a ton let's get it that let's be honest but they will hit transition threes which i think is kind of what we see a lot in the nba and you know kind of changing in the college basketball scheme is you know far as like you used to see like the fast break layup or dunk now they're taking fast break threes um and they're just absolutely lighting up scoreboards so lapway is my number one seed i see them you know they're gonna run the table the rest of the year they have won 32 in a row they're gonna keep winning <laughs> so, it, it really yeah. is a coronation i think for lapway uh and again if you're watching the video of this on the idahosports.com youtube channel or facebook page audio only as well at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts we've got the brackets up on the screen so you can see lapway beat troy 108 to 44 in the first round they beat logos 80 to 31 in the in the quarterfinals they're gonna play cami i who cami i got by prairie in, in the other semifinal 44 to 35 and so both Lapway and Kamii have clinched spots to state. And for uh, Prairie, they now have to battle back through the other side. You've got Prairie and Potlatch in a loser-out game uh, Wednesday night, and then Logos and Genesee as well. And there's no game. guarantees that that backside of the bracket's getting to state because you've got my number seven team floating around out there uh, waiting, probably going to be waiting for the winner of, of that uh, consolation championship from that district bracket. But um, number two, I've got Lake City which uh, they just won the district title last night, um, defeating Lewiston. So Lewiston's going to have to battle back and play Coeur d'Alene again um, for that chance to go to the state play-in game. Uh, the T-Wolves are rolling. I think that, that that loss to Lewiston was a good wake-up call for them. I don't ever say any loss is a good loss, but that was a dec- that was that came at a good time, uh, in my opinion. Do you think Lake City was motivated to beat Lewiston after they lost to them in the regular season? I mean, look at this final score, 77-28. to 28. Yeah, <laughs> and Colton Mitchell is probably. Uh, I mean, I know that we talk about the, the the two guys down at 
Owyhee a lot in the 5A ranks. Colton Mitchell might be the best complete f- player in 5A. Um, and he is an amazing point guard, but he, he lights it up from three. He passes and distributes so well. Blake Buchanan is absolutely a force inside. Um, and you've got like the role players like Zach Johnson and Nathan Hawking are just studs. You get great defense from their their five, six, and seven players that come off the bench. I mean, the T Wolves are a great team. I'm I'm gonna put them as my. I, it's gonna be them and Hawaii in the championship. I'm not gonna pick a winner. I'm gonna say it's them and Hawaii in the title game. But yeah. you say I'm taking Hawaii all the way. And the <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, I got Hawaii winning it. Yeah. <laughs> Billboard material, but. Poster board material, but like, yeah, it's Lake City is a great team. Coeur d'Alene, I've got it three. Um, they play Lewiston. That's going to be another great match. Lewiston won the last game between the two of them in the in the districts, but Coeur d'Alene swept the regular season. Um, I got Coeur d'Alene in that game. Um, I think that was enough to kind of wake the wake the beast a little bit. That Burgess went off the other night against Post Falls. Uh, Cameron Cope down low was a force. Um, they're getting great play out of you know, some of the bench players too. So um, they've, they're for a pretty young lineup too. I mean, outside of Cameron Cope, they're pretty dang young. Um, they just, they play pretty unselfishly. I I don't know. Well, here's the deal too. Cause like Forsman and McArthur from Lewiston, nobody really talks about the two of them and they are absolute studs. So I don't have, that game goes overtime. I'm going to say that. Let's put it that way. I, I had a good I had a good inside source tell me uh, that Jace McCarcher is the best player in the league amongst the senior class this year in the IEL. Oh, for Jace sure. McCarcher. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, um, it'll be tough. That's your three and four in your North Idaho nine. They're playing. I almost want to change my answer and say Lewiston's going to win that game. Yeah, I mean, Coeur has got to go to Lewiston now. They lost the right yeah. to host that when they lost yeah, to Lewiston. I'm going Lewiston. I'll go Lewiston. I'll say yeah. Lewiston even wins the play-in game. Okay. All right. They they had a chance last year and fell to Eagle in that play-in game, and they'll have to play uh, somebody, Centennial or whoever makes it from the district. Yeah, Mount, you know, Mountain View's in too, so it would be Centennial or Bora? I can't remember. I don't know. I'm not paying yeah, attention. I know yeah, I, the top. I know Eagle and Hawaii and outside of that, I'm kind of like Meridian's out there too. And so it's, yeah. Mountain so, View, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so that's the 5A. Lake City has clinched. They will be the number one seeded state per the Max Preps rankings. Lewiston yep. and Coeur d'Alene play tomorrow night for the chance to fight for the play-in game. All right. Number five on your North Idaho nine this week. We got the uh, fighting Tristan Gentry Nelson's the same Mary's Lumberjacks are, uh, you know, they're playing tough. They beat Sandpoint, you know, closing out the regular season. They've got Grangeville snuck a win against Orfino, which kind of shocked some people. Um, but I think it's pretty much academic at this point. St. Mary's is going to blow the doors off of Grangeville and, and punch their ticket to state and be a, a top four seed. So, yeah. yeah, this this happened last year. So, so Grangeville beat Orfino in the play-in game, two versus three last night, 45-38. And last year... Uh, it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion. St. Mary's was actually pushed for a little bit by Grangeville and talking to their coach, Brian Chase last year, he said, you know, the fact that Grangeville hung tough with us for most of that district championship kind of got us refocused. And we know how that went. They went to state and, and won the whole yeah. enchilada. So, um, well, Sandpoint played them tough the other night too. And yeah. I think that was a, a good test because Sandpoint, we can talk about that one. Mm-hmm. They won a gritty game against 
Lakeland and double OT to first win against them in what seemed like a thousand. What did the, the student section said a thousand years? Ten thousand years. Ten thousand years. Yeah, first time Sandpoint <laughs> beat Lakeland in ten thousand years. Um, but uh, they're gonna they're gonna draw a number six team. My mo- that Moscow team is my number six. And um, but yeah, going back to St. Mary's, I think you know the state depending on how the draw shakes out and if districts kind of holds chalk. Um, they're going to have a tough road, but you know we saw them win a win a crazy game in the semis last year to make it and win the state championship. And you know if they can get hot at the right time, they're they're a solid lineup. Gentry and Sands are great players, and um, you know most of that cast was back with the exception of a few guys from last year. So you know they still they get Colby Renner still in the mix too. See if he can hit another wild twenty seven footer at the buzzer and. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they can do. And they've got good guards, you know, Coleman, uh, Coleman Ross, and Coleman Ray Ross is another and, player that we don't talk much about. That's, yeah, that's a great defender too. Yeah, and you know, Grayson Sands is really good uh, in the backcourt as well. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so, so St. Mary's will play Grangeville uh, tomorrow night, six o'clock. If they win that, they're the district champs. If they lose that, then they would play uh, the if necessary game. That would be Saturday night at six o'clock. So either way, we like, we like St. Mary's there. And I think statewide two A and four A are going to be the most wide open tournaments by far. So let's take a look at what's going on in the four A IEL, your number six team. You mentioned it Moscow this week. Uh, Lakeland was hosting Sandpoint in the play in game. This is just like the two A there's only three teams. So they do a play in and then a best of three, yep. uh, double overtime Sandpoint gets the win 75, 73. They now get to play Moscow. Is there any hope for the Bulldogs that they can take this momentum into a, a heavy favorite like Moscow. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Sandpoint fans, but no. Um, Moscow on the offensive end is, you know, the, the sleeping giants kind of woken up a little bit. and They've got some dudes um, on the offensive end. Sandpoint, I mean, Moscow, I'm sorry, rather, it won't surprise me if Moscow's playing on Saturday at State, um, just to be honest. And, and so, you know, they've got – the offensive lineup, if they can put everything together, they're, you know, that I would say I would err on the side saying Moscow has played probably the toughest schedule of any 4A team. Even looking at their out of state schedule too, with the Washington schools that they played, I said I mentioned that in the last time we were together, like they only have one loss outside to any team that is ranked in in their respective state. Um, and so you know the Bears are battle tested. They've played a really tough schedule. Pullman, their team's playing, you know, in state. They're in the top. I think they're the number four seed in the state tournament in Washington. Uh, Clarkston was ranked in the top 12. I think they lost in their regional playing game. But um, the Bears are my pick. I think, obviously, I, I don't think it's going to be close. They're going to go two and two and done, and uh, they're going to head to state and punch their ticket down south. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh, let's circle back to the 1AD1s. Your number seven team this week is Lakeside. And as we pull up their bracket, we'll see that they are going to play the Jaguars of Genesis Prep. G Prep beat Wallace in the in the playing game last night, 49-23. Lakeside against G Prep. I think G Prep's still like a year or two away. Yep. Um, I like Lakeside to win that. And then they would have to play the uh third place team from so the White Pine League, Prairie or Logos. Prairie Logos, yeah. Yeah, somebody. So. You know, Lakeside, I look at it and, you know, we, we talked about them when they came back, their first game back after their long extended break of like, what, 22 days off because of COVID stuff. Um, they played Genesis Prep and it was close for three and, you know, three quarters of that game. 
And then finally going away late, Vander Brown hit some big buckets and, and got the victory for Lakeside. But we talked about, we mentioned Vander Brown and, and somebody asked on Twitter, um, who is the best score in the state of Idaho? Any classification. And I said, without a doubt, Vander Brown right now. And like, I don't know how you can debate it. He's had like two games over 50 points down the stretch. Um, since January one, he's averaging over 30 points a game. I mean, it's kind of academic at that point. And even in his preseason schedule, he was still averaging in the mid 20s. So I want to say he could end up this season um, after everything's all said and done, he could be averaging over 32 a game. <laughs> that's nuts. That is a nuts stat for playing eight minute quarters in high school basketball. That is that's that's that's, 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 that's Jimmer Fredette numbers. You remember yeah. him from BYU? Jimmer yeah. Fredette. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I got Lakeside as a seven seed. I, he they want it and he's only a junior that's the crazy part about all this too is he's going to be back um yeah i've got lakeside at seven i think they're going to win that playing game um hopefully if if paul lets me i'd love to do that game if i could because i just want to go watch if if i don't call it i'm going to go watch it but um yeah that's going to be some fun weekend basketball cami i've got at eight i've got them losing to to lapway sorry um (laughs) number nine we got we finally get to talk about three A basketball. Somebody who wants to win. Uh, we've got Bonner's Ferry at nine right now. Yeah, Bonner's Ferry won the district championship over Kellogg last night, fifty eight to fifty three, and they went to Kellogg and yep. got that win. So, and, and then in the loser out game, uh, Timberlake uh, eliminated Priest River fifty seven forty seven. So now you have Kellogg and Timberlake meeting. Uh, tonight wednesday night that'll be in kellogg again the winner of that will advance to a state play-in game where they will play the third place team from district three and again you know if it's kellogg i I like their chances to get there timberlake would be in a fight i think but yeah if kellogg can put it all together you know between the luna brothers and you know the other supporting cast around that team they on paper you know basketball is not played on paper obviously but on paper kellogg would be my favorite to make it to state through that play-in game. But um, down the stretch, you know, Timberlake's kind of been a thorn in the side for a few teams. And I just want to talk about Bonner's Ferry, though. Bonner's Ferry ended up being the most complete team at the end of the year at the right time. And they use their bench. They play nine guys. And they, you know, they all contribute and they all play well. And the Badgers are going to state. So, you know, hats off to, to the Bonner's Ferry Badgers and, and congratulations for their, their punch and their ticket. But, um to talk about like that Timberlake Kellogg game, I think Kellogg wins that one in a cat fight, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kellogg going down and then playing Grangeville in that play-in game. Um, I haven't looked at the the, the rankings down would, there. In the, yeah, but yeah. So McCall McCall Donnelly is the clear favorite. Uh, yeah. They got all the way to the championship game last year, and then Home Homedale and Fruitland are both pretty solid and it's going to yeah, be two three around out there so it'd be the loser of those two teams and yeah that's a tough that's a tough game to win too um you know which would actually be probably a longer road trip for kellogg than it would be for either of those two teams so yeah um yeah it'd be an interesting matchup but i think you know kellogg's got a puncher's chance to still find their way in but i, I don't know i think the iml only gets one bid yeah, it could be tough. Uh, we talked about and I talked about it because I wrote the the season preview. All of our remember our statewide season previews mm-hmm. we do before the boys season. And I said, well, the last three years, 
Timberlake, Kellogg, and Priest River have all won the division. So I guess it's Bonner, I guess it's Bonner's Ferry's turn yep. <laughs> to, to represent its state. And that's exactly it. Four the all four teams have represented the league at state over the past four years. That uh, that is unmatched parody in terms of getting teams to state. So yeah. And then you still got, I mean, we haven't even talked about one AD two. Yeah, I was I was just gonna bring those up. So one AD two. Uh, the, let's start in the White Pine League because there's more teams there. Sure. Here's what the bracket looks like. You've got Kendrick, the one seed, playing Deary, the three seed in the district championship Wednesday night in Kendrick. Winner gets to go to state. I got uh, the Tigers at home. Yeah, I do too. Timberline, the two seed, lost to Deary 42-33, but then they turned around and eliminated Highland. And Timberline awaits the loser of Kendrick and Deary. So, and the and then the winner of that would advance to the the play-in game against the number one team, Wampus Cats. <laughs> yeah. So let's and let's pull up that bracket from District One, the North Star League. Last they night, play, I think the, tonight at NIC. So uh, t- tomorrow night, tomorrow, tomorrow night, night go, yeah. in the district championship, and they will play Mullen. The Tigers got a big win over Kootenay last night, sixty-four to thirty-seven. You know, I was texting. Uh, fr- friend of the podcast, Stetson Spooner, the athletic director at uh, Mullen last night, asking him about the game and how it went and all that good stuff. And he said, um, Luke Trogdon for Mullen has been on fire lately. Last week they played Wallace and Trogdon. Luke dropped 32 points <laughs> and then he had 21 against Kootenai last night in the play-in game. And I said, well, maybe Mullen's playing you know, their best ball at the right time. And he said, hopefully... He said, Clark Fork is long. And he said, our size is Luke, and he's our point guard. He said, LOL, not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I know Clark Fork's got some size, especially down low, but yes. Um, I've got I've got the Wampus Cats. I'm thinking it's they're gonna go to state this year. They're gonna go. I'm gonna I wanna see them. I'm gonna will them to victory in that <laughs> play-in game. Um, they're gonna beat either Timberline or uh or Deary. And that one, I think I got the Tigers winning in the district championship for the White Pine, and then I'll take the Wampus Cats in the play-in. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, and um, so that'll pretty much put the finishing touches on our prep cast for this week. And again, we went a little long, but that's all right because we basically had a week off, and there was so much to talk about. This is like the busiest time of the year th- this week in particular. Um, so uh, next week, Ryan. We're going to do kind of like we did for the girls. We're going to do a boys state basketball preview special, a live show next Tuesday night, seven o'clock, where we'll talk to all of the play-by-play broadcasters again, breaking down each of the state tournaments. So you're going to get another week off. That's a pretty nice deal. I'll take it. (laughs) For sure. You you can uh, uh, jot down more notes and and be well-rested when we talk to you again in two weeks. Yeah, I'll come up with my my two North all North Idaho teams for guys and girls and, and, uh, I'll even come up with like an all league for or all North Idaho for wrestling too. So yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And we can, yeah, we yeah. can recap what happened at state for wrestling also. That'll Absolutely. Be, yeah. That'll I'm looking forward to, to that too. It's going to be a great tournament this year. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you for uh, tuning in and hanging with us a little longer today. We really appreciate it. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on up in North Idaho. So um, as always North Idaho prep cast for Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. We will see you next time on idahosports.com.